Have you been daydreaming about cruising down the Douro in Lisbon, snacking on fresh ceviche in Lima, or seeing your favorite Game of Thrones scenes come to life in Split? How about sampling street food in Fukuoka, or warming up for winter on the sandy beaches of Melbourne? If any of the above got your travel wheels turning, then you were obviously paying attention to our most recent episode. In our last installment, Paula Twydale, the Senior Vice President of Travel at AAA, joined us to explore some of the most talked about destinations for 2024. Today, she's back to tell you about five more of the hottest destinations for the new year. Welcome back, Paula. To start us off, let's dive straight into the turquoise waters of one of my favorite island hopping destinations. Greece is always on my bucket list. I've been a couple times. It never gets old. I mean, as old as it is, it never gets old. The food is amazing. The people are so fun and nice, and it's gorgeous. So why are people going to Greece in 2024? It is gorgeous. It's really laid back. It's just pristine. It has a very unique culture, a unique look to it. You know, you clearly recognize those rooftops when you see them in any postcard or any any commercial. You can do the Five Island Tour. You can do Santorini, Mykonos. And let's not forget, when you go, just coming into Athens, right? Athens and seeing the history and culture of Athens and then going out to the Port of Piraeus to take cruise a cruise out to the islands. And, and one of the first islands you usually visit is the island of Crete. You know, it's the largest Greek island. It has rich history, several major attractions, unique food culture, vibrant nightlife, magnificent nature and pristine beaches. The first prehistoric European civilization to the Bronze Age, the Minoans, were part of Crete, were flourishing on Crete. Its, its majestic palaces can still be visited. A lot of people that like history, culture, museums, and want to go to the palaces usually go to Crete for all those things. And it's very historic because of the Bronze Age, right? So a lot of that is, is a draw. Then we have Rhodes, which is a UNESCO-listed medieval city. It's another must-see. Rhodes was famous for the Colossus of Rhodes and one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. But in addition to its history, right, it's most also popular for beaches, hot springs, butterflies, cafes, and shopping. I remember I went to Rhodes on a cruise. There were a lot of cats, so many cats just roaming around the medieval city, and they were just owning the place. I have done sort of a cruise around the Greek islands. What an incredible experience. You don't have to pack. You're just in a different, amazing, historic place every day. You get to watch the sunrise in the Aegean, and it just oh, it doesn't get better than that. For people who haven't seen Greece, I would suggest, you know, doing a little bit of a combination of land and, and cruise. You're going to sail out of Puerto Piraeus anyway. So you get into Athens, see the, the Acropolis and go and visit the ruins and just see as much as you can for a day or two in Athens before you head out and take the cruise. And then the cruise allows you to, to visit multiple islands. You can do three islands, you can do five islands and you get a little taste of everything. There's so much to look forward to, but I always suggest if you've never been to a destination, sometimes it pays to go a more comprehensive touring of that location so you can pick out the favorite area that you want to go back and revisit. That's how I like to do it. I love to see a bunch of it and then decide what I want to go back and do a deeper dive on. But Greece is a tough one because there is so much on land, on sea, everywhere you look as a postcard. So another destination where everywhere you look as a postcard is Ireland. I was there a couple years ago. It's an important cultural hub for a lot of Americans because a lot of us trace our roots 
to Ireland. So um, where do you recommend people go in Ireland? We could start with the capital. Most people do start with the capital, like in Dublin, right? And it, actually, you could hub and spoke from there. There's a few things you want to see in Dublin. For instance, you're going to visit Trinity College and view the Book of Kells, have a pint of Guinness. <laughs> you want to definitely do that. The Guinness tour is wonderful. It is a great tour. It is a great tour. And I'm not a Guinness drinker. My husband is, but I. But you got to try it there because it tastes so different. And Dublin, to me, is, is kind of a must-see. Killarney's a fun town. It's quaint. You're going to find your way along the, the Ring of Kerry. Killarney is a fun, fun place to stroll. You want to visit the singing pubs and really kind of get in with the culture. Then you can take a trip along the rugged coastline and kind of loop around the picturesque Ring of Kerry at that point and shop for local artisan-made crafts. There's always fun things to pick up because, again, you're just immersing yourself in the culture. When you look at Ireland itself, you can do all these cities. We're talking about Dublin and Killarney, but we're leaving out Waterford. We're leaving out the Cliffs of Moher. You know, there's just so much. If you can do a complete circle, I'd say fly into Dublin and then fly out of Shannon so you can see the entire trip or fly in and out of Dublin to a complete circle from one end of the country and right down to the tip and right back up the left-hand coast and, and really hit the highlights. There's so much to see in Ireland. And then you want to couple, if you couple it with Northern Ireland, which you can absolutely drive all the way around. Wow. There's castles, there's villages, there's live music. And every pub, every little family-owned restaurant you stop in, you meet the nicest people and they want to know where you're coming from. And you start talking about your last name and if your relatives are in the cemetery down the way, like it's just such a nice, friendly place to go. And it's so easy to get to from the East Coast. In fact, if you go into Shannon from the East Coast, it's like it could be five hours. So it's really a short trip. And Ireland's always on people's bucket list. So um, it'll continue to be an all-time favorite. Ireland is another good destination to see on a cruise because you can couple it with the British Isles and you can see a lot of different ports that way. So if you're limited on time or not, maybe necessarily comfortable road tripping yourself around because driving on the other side of the road is not for everyone. I will attest to that. Maybe a cruise for folks who don't want to drive. Let's go a bit south and go to France. And the Olympics are coming up next year in Paris, which is very exciting. We just did an episode focusing on all the fun things to do in Paris. So if people aren't going for the Olympics, why should they think about Paris next year? Who doesn't love Paris, right? You're going to sip wine and people watch along the Champs-Élysées. You're going to visit the Louvre or the Museum d'Orsay or spend a whole day at Versailles. Take the bateau mouche over the River Seine and then sample absolutely the best pastries that you've ever had in your lifetime anywhere. And I'm a foodie, but I'm serious. If you like eclairs or anything, you'll taste the best chocolate mousse. You'll have the best eclairs ever in the world has been in Paris. Similar to Dublin, you can hub and smoke from there. You, have, you, know, you can start in Paris and really enjoy all that and then make your way south and then go to the port city of Nice. It's the gateway to the French Riviera for a reason, because they have great restaurants there, art, cathedrals, museums, fun shops and cafes, all rolled into one. And you can get to Nice by train from Paris, right? So if you fly into, say, Chateaugal, then you can hang out there for a few days, see the sights, and then off you go to the French Riviera and then fly back from there. That's right. And I imagine summer gets pretty busy. Is shoulder season a better choice? I feel on a personal level, shoulder season is always a better choice. 
summer's always been busy and the, the weather's delightful, but it can get rather warm. So the, the shoulder season makes a beautiful time to enjoy scenery, walk around, pleasant atmosphere, pleasant temperatures, not too cold. So there's not really a bad time to go to France. Let's go to a neighbor of France. Switzerland is a great place to eat chocolate. So if we're starting in Zurich, where do we go from there? And what's the highlight? I mean, you got to start with cheese, Swiss cheese, right? (laughs) And cheese and fondues. The cheeses are wonderful to have great fondues. Uh, Again, I'm, I'm talking about the gastronomy everywhere I go, because it's just part of the local culture. Everybody has their signature dishes and that makes it fun. You don't, you want to get away from the things you do every single day. So cheese and wine tours, you can go to Rhine Falls, the Black Forest, Liechtenstein, all from Zurich. So you really can see a little bit everything if you get there a couple of days without really leaving. Then I would make my way to Lucerne. I love Lucerne. It's one of my favorite places in Switzerland. It's gorgeous in the Lake region, of course. And what's really special about it, it's so picturesque, absolutely so picturesque. I stayed at the Grand National Hotel on Lake Lucerne, panoramic view of the lake. It was just like woke up every day going, oh, I'm in heaven, you know. Another must-see if you want to stay, you could stay at the Schweischhof Hotel. It's a 170-year-old property, still in business. It's historic, and it's a, it's a real gem. I was there in spring one time. All the flowers were coming up. Of course, you can't swim in the lake because it is just cold. It is just straight snow from the top of the Alps <laughs> down in there melted. But you can take boat cruises of the coast, and there's chateaus and little castles. And like you said, all these historic hotels. There's scenic train rides. It's amazing. And all this time you are eating chocolate and you are eating the best chocolate because once you go to Switzerland and eat that real, real chocolate, it's hard to come back and eat the stuff off the shelf. Last but not least, I want to wrap up our top 10 with Singapore, an island, an amazing airport. What else are we looking at when we go to Singapore? You can experience just about every type of Asian cuisine possible and enjoy architectural runs that, you know, looking at historic Chinatown type shops and British colonial hotels and skyscrapers and avant-garde type shapes. So it's very eclectic, a lot of open space, beautiful gardens, tropical indoor gardens, outdoor gardens. And it's so clean and it's so safe. If you've never been to Asia at all. It's a great gateway to get acquainted. And the airport itself is a destination, which I love. There's always something new there. If you can schedule a long layover in Changi, do it. You know, that's a great place to to spend 12 hours en route to somewhere else. I've done it. It's a great spot. For such a densely populated city, such a compact area, there is so much to see and do for whatever you're into, food, architecture, history, all the things. Don't forget at the airport, the, it has the world's tallest indoor waterfall at the airport. <laughs> so there's always like little little hidden gems. And so you, you hit a lot of great points already, but even the airport itself is kind of awe-inspiring. It's, again, a new experience, and I think people should just take advantage of it. And, and if they haven't been, and again, cross these things off your bucket list, because it's rather than repeat the same destinations all the time. It's nice to add new places, because... I feel like the older we get, the more we like to just go back to the same favorites because they're familiar, but it's important to keep going new places, learning new things, getting into new cultures, trying new food. You're really speaking my language when you're talking about that desire to go someplace new and 
explore. And for me, you know, I have a background in sociology, psychology as well, you know, and I, I loved different cultures. I want to learn. I just want to absorb everything I can about how people live and how they sustain themselves. That's one of our, our obligations, I think, as we, we are worldly travelers. The more we travel, the more we realize that as different as we are, and maybe we do things differently, we're all kind of wanting the same thing. We have the same goals. We all just want to be healthy and happy and take care of our families and, and learn about other people in responsible, sustainable ways. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, Paula Twydale, thank you for being here today. It's been my pleasure, Angie. I've enjoyed speaking with you and learning about all the destinations you've explored, and I'm excited for you to explore a lot more. Paula Twydale, thank you for joining us. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. This podcast is a production of Auto Club Enterprises. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a review. I'm Angie Orth. Thank you for traveling with AAA.